What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another episode of the Smart Out Moments Smack Talk Podcast, episode number 348. And it's the hot tags, which is what we do when we break down the current events, the rumors, the news, the gossip, and everything else that went down in the world of professional wrestling over the past couple of days. Sports entertainment in a little bubble where we talk about our opinions and blah, 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 blah. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango. Joining me on the podcast, per usual, we've got Robert DeFelice. Hello, I am not Elias. I did walk around a little bit, though. So does yeah. that count? Yeah, it does count. If you're walking, you're walking with Elias. That's it. Yeah, I'm walking here. <laughs> uh, I want to make a Christopher Walken joke, but I can't think of anything. Two mice. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, hot tags. Yeah. So normally we do this Monday night. Um, uh, just kind of couldn't do that really necessarily Monday night, but we're doing it Tuesday afternoon, which that gives you a context of when these stories have been out of us referencing different things and had a little bit of variety here. Mostly sad things this week. It's just like. Come on. Um, so not too many jokes going to be popping up here and there when, when it comes to that. Sorry. Let's talk about one of the things that isn't the saddest in the world, though, because uh, it sucks to start with things that are too sad. Uh, the contracts for AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows all end, apparently, in early 2019. Uh, makes kind of sense, because... AJ and Shinsuke had came in around the Royal Rumble time and such. Uh, what do you think about this? Do you think that there's a chance that they might go somewhere else? Or do you think that they're just going to renew in WWE? So, I don't think AJ goes anywhere. I Agreed. think that's a lock. Yeah. He's the only one I, know, I think that we can say for sure isn't going to go anywhere. With the Good Brothers, I think it all ultimately comes down to what's best for their families. But I don't think that they should stay i think they should go if they can work themselves out a young bucks deal where you know they can work in japan and be as like happy and financially secure and in a better position then i think the good brothers should go with nakamura he is kind of in the middle for me because He's definitely bringing more of a unique dynamic to WWE than he would be to New Japan at the moment. But New Japan is probably clamoring for him as they're entering their expansion. He could be the perfect middle middle ground guy of like, you know, the American style and obviously, you know, the Japanese style. Nakamura, will he go? I say no. But if he does, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, if Nakamura went, I would be a little shocked, but not too shocked. And part of me would go, well, that's a shame, because he could have had a feud with this person, he could have had a feud with that person, and he's finally starting to, like, get a little bit more character now that he's a heel and everything like that, so I don't, I don't want to see any of these four go. But I think that Styles is a lock to stay. Nakamura is kind of like, eh, I don't know. Like, let's be realistic here. Have you ever known anyone who's on the cover of a video game or the winner of the Royal Rumble to leave the company within 12 months? Well, when was Punk on the cover? He was on the cover of the 2012 game, so he had a year and a half. Yeah. Well, other than that, though, like, I mean, Styles 
seems like he's a company guy. He's said before that he really wants to be like a trainer when he's done wrestling and stuff. He wants to stay in WWE. I think that he's good. The Good Brothers, though, they have not been doing well in WWE. And they probably are working a lot more dates than they necessarily would if they were in New Japan, you know, doing house shows and stuff. If something happens, like if one of Carl's kids, God forbid, has an accident or something, he's within the country. It's not like, okay, I got to take a 12-hour flight. That's a good point. I don't know about the pay. The pay might be like... No, I'm willing to bet the pay is the same, if not less. Yeah, that's tough. I think if anybody goes, it's going to be Anderson and Gallows. But I actually think that all four are going to stay. I think it's better for it's weird because these four contracts are coming up as well as the contracts of the young bucks kenny omega and cody Rhodes, who are also not even scheduled for ring of honor in april at the garden because they don't know if they're going to resign and if man if we end up getting like the good brothers leave and the young bucks and such come in there it's going to be like dude why didn't you just stay you could have done something with them you know like well i'm sure they're all gonna talk to each other like yeah if wwe has the chance to do a semi-full bullet club they're gonna do it regardless of what they call it god the names that they could call it are just so bad the two sweet club they probably would just be like i don't know like the club 2.0 and then that's more of a tna thing no no they'd just be the club and and they could completely get away with it if they called it the club even when they were doing balor club for a minute people were buying into it and then they were just like okay let's separate them from balor i think anderson and gallows just need to be paired up with aj more but you know they're doing these weird things where they don't want to see them together for some reason very strange i don't understand it um, we got story about Owen Hart going into the Hall of Fame, but not the WWE Hall of Fame, no. He was inducted inducted into the 2018 George Tragos and Lou Fez Hall of Fame. So he does go into a Hall of Fame, and the family's there, and doesn't seem like it's an issue. Well, remember now, the only one with the issue regarding Owen going into the WWE Hall of Fame is his wife. And his wife actually put out a PR statement not that long ago because Brett had gone on a a podcast or something and said, yeah, Martha's a very square-headed individual. She she just wants to, you know, squash Owen's wrestling career. And she actually had to put out a statement saying, I respect Owen's fans and he loved you and I want them to continue to Remember him, I just will never waver that WWE caused his death, and I do not want them profiting off of his death. It sucks for us as fans, because he won't be in a video game. He won't be, you know, in a Hall of Fame. Thank God he's at least on the network. But, you know, I want to see more of Owen Hart. I can understand being bitter and stuff like that and and blaming WWE because to a certain extent, it is WWE's fault. They got him to do a stunt that they, you know, didn't figure out all the ins and outs to and it didn't work out and stuff like that. But at the same time, part of me just goes, yeah, but 
you're not letting anybody relive what he had done. Like, because he could be in video games and they could do specials about him and they could keep his legacy going and stuff. And at the end of the day, don't you kind of want it to be worth something? Like, yeah, WWE would would capitalize off of that. But, you know, they still own the rights to all the footage that they had had before. And when they put out stuff on the WWE Network, if somebody wants to look at an Owen Hart match, they still subscribe to the WWE Network. So they're still making money off of it anyway, you know? Well, and I think it's definitely this defiant bias against WWE. Because back in 2002, there was a game series called The Legends of Wrestling and... It is the only game since his death that Owen has appeared in. He was in the second and third iterations of the Legends of Wrestling games. And I just, I get why Martha is like, you know, no, screw them. But at the same time, you're really robbing a new generation of people to experience Owen in the most full way possible. Mm Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate. Now, this sounds kind of morbid to say, but what do you think happens when Martha goes? If if that's what I was going to say. If the kids want it, then it'll happen. That'll be kind of interesting to see what happens, because that we could very well be in a, like a spot where Martha passes away, and like a year later, WWE goes, Hey, kids, uh, we got this thing. We were thinking about doing something when it comes to Owen Hart. What do you think? And then they go, well, our mom thought this way, but we think that, you know, it's time to move on or something like that. It could happen. Or they could be like, I mean, we don't know what Martha and her relationship with her kids are or any of that kind of stuff. So this is just pure speculation and bullshit. But maybe she's instilled in them that that's like something that they need to carry on to. And maybe we just never have it. And that sucks. Owen Hart should go into the Hall of Fame, but, you know, he's in this one. Remember, Randy Savage was like, I'm not going in the Hall of Fame unless they put my whole family in. And the brother, the genius, Lenny Poffo, was like, once he outlived the years that Randy was on this earth, he said, I'm the older brother now, and I think it's right for Randy to go in, and I'm going to make sure Randy goes in. And I think so, that that was the best way to do things. You never know. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we have to talk about more people that have died. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, let's start with uh, Brickhouse Brown passed away at the age of 57 due to cancer. I honestly don't know who Brickhouse Brown is, so I can't really Memphis talk about wrestling, him. Southern wrestling, territorial guy. I don't know too much about him to say, I'll go watch this match, but I know who he was. So that's a sad thing to hear, but, you know, rest in peace. The name sounded a little bit familiar to me, but I just, you know, I don't know my outside WWE type stuff and my older talent stuff either. So, you know, uh, I can't say anything about it, but for the same thing for him and everybody else, obviously condolences to the family and friends and everything like that. Two other names, though, I do know about. One of them is that Nikolai Volkov has passed away at the age of 70. He was hospitalized for dehydration and some other issues that haven't really been put out there. Do you know about what those other issues were supposed to be? I didn't find anything about it. I haven't heard anything. I don't know if that was an issue of, like, maybe he had, like, a bronchitis-type deal. Maybe he had some kind of, like... 
stomach pains or like just a bunch of random things. Maybe it was kind of like his body just gave out from being like on the older side. Dehydration seems like a same a weird thing to be like that that's the issue, but um whatever the case may be, Volkov was one of those guys that was very important for one of the previous eras. His uh singing the Russian national anthem is like iconic. Tag team with Iron Sheik, of course, is extremely memorable. Great guy to like uh be that heel foreigner. I didn't know, I learned this watching WWE's video, that he was mostly a Bruno guy. He wrestled Bruno a lot. Hmm. Because when I think Nikolai Volkov, I think the start of the Hogan era, and he was in the cartoon, you know, stuff like that. Like, I was born in 93, so... Even though I do know a lot of my history, Nikolai Volkov wasn't a guy I was like, oh, man, I got to go back and watch that Nikolai Volkov. <laughs> you know, and not to be disrespectful, he just wasn't one of those guys. So when I think of him, I think of the Soviet national anthem. I think of the hilarious thing when the Soviet Union was disbanded, how he became like, I love Hacksaw Jim Duggan and I love America and everything is great and God bless Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> and there's just like, I don't know, you know, great character, iconic for that Hogan generation. You think that he could have been a world champion? Yeah. I don't, right. I have to admit, I don't think that he could have been in that era, but I think if Not there would have been. I typically do this kind of thing where I think if there would have been a brand split, then would somebody be a champion? And you can, oh, yeah. you can See, compare exactly the same thing. somebody like Jake the Snake. He would have somebody like that was my go to Owen uh, Hart. Yeah, Owen Hart. I think Jeff Jarrett. I think uh, British Bulldog, like a lot of different people. Razor Ramon would have. And I think that I, if there would have been a brand split back then, I think Volkov probably would have been. I absolutely think that a majority of the Hogan era villains would have been world champions if they had 12 months of pay-per-views to run through. That's you a, know that, I mean? that's another thing. Instead of just like two per year or four per year or whatever, 12 months, but you know, we need to do it one show every single time. Yeah. They'd have different, like Hogan wouldn't have been champion for like, Four years straight at a time. He would have been champion more often than not, but he probably would he have w- dropped the title to Volkov and then won it back and stuff like that. He would have probably been a, a 10 to 12 time champion. Yeah. So hats off to Volkov. Another one is Brian Christopher, Jerry the King Lawler's son, also known as Grandmaster Sexay. He passed away due to suicide. He hanged himself in jail at the age of 46. That's sad. All right. I I already had the chance to kind of talk about this, but I can always be more vocal when I do stuff for Smart Cow Moment. Such a shitty fucking situation, man. Like, Brian Christopher isn't a guy that you think of when you think of, wow, in the Attitude Era, Brian Christopher meant so much. No, but Too Cool was over as fuck. Yep. And Brian Christopher in Memphis was like Shawn Michaels. 
you know, think about that. The stuff that he was able to do for the USWA and because of that tight-knit grasp that Lawler had on the Memphis territory, Brian Christopher got to do stuff with The Undertaker in Memphis, got to do stuff with, you know, ECW. There's some matches there of, like, Lawler and Christopher versus, you know, Sandman and Dreamer in a hardcore match that, like, only the Memphis, you know crowd got to see and it's such a heartbreaking thing because you know it was the 90s and he was one of those big stars he experimented with all different kinds of drugs and he obviously had the disgruntled relationship with his father that was chronicled a little bit on tv with the michael cole storyline and you know off tv as well but had to be hard for jerry to relate Jerry did not take drugs. Jerry did not drink. He must have been in a lot of anguish seeing his son go through these things and not being able to cope and help him cope and relate. So just a shitty, sad situation. It's always a shame to hear that somebody felt the need to take their own life. It's always a shame when that's also when they're pretty young. I mean, 46 is not when you're supposed to go. You know, like shit, that's only 15 years more than older than I am. And that's kind of like, I'm not the most uh, sympathetic when it comes to people and drugs. I tend to take the standpoint of like, you know what you're getting into. And when your life turns to shit, I don't really have anybody to blame but you for that kind of thing. Like, I kind of am a little bit harsh when it comes to that. At the same time, I don't want to see people kill themselves and stuff like that. So it is a shame. And it's a shame for somebody like Lawler. Like, it's weird when a parent outlives their kid. Yeah. But Jerry did say that he held Brian's hand when his heart had officially stopped. Because they had actually found him and rushed him to a hospital. But he was, you know, brain dead by that point. And it's just an unfortunate thing. Um, Obviously... Anyone listening to this knows, well, just in case you don't, about the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. And, you know, they're available online and via phone 24-7. I think it's 800-273-TALK. So that's 8255. You know, if you are feeling that way, first of all, if you are and you're listening to us, Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, it might not be the best uh, thing in the world. <laughs> you know, but always feel free to reach out and you shouldn't have to resort to that. And there's also other things too. There's like um, blahtherapy.com. There's seven cups of tea. Those are places where you can talk to somebody for free if like, you don't want to uh, call up like the actual suicide prevention thing like if it's just kind of like oh my god i need to talk to somebody invent those websites are things that you can actually talk to people for i've actually tried them before you know really blah therapy is that free i think it is if i remember correctly seven cups of tea is i know that or at least it was when i looked at it a couple years ago but those were two that i had looked at before to pass around to different people when they were feeling stressed and stuff so something to keep in mind but we also have to talk about a negative response to this. Sabu. 
Now, as far as what he actually said about Lawler and, you know, the passing, I think he was just trying to kind of be funny and saying things like, yeah, wrestlers die in threes. Oh, shit, I might be next. Uh, Insensitive. Yeah. He's he's a weird dude. Because we talked about him a few weeks ago when he posted a Benoit gif of Scorpio landing ass first on Benoit's head. And he's like, oh, God, no wonder he killed his whole family. So it seems like Sabu is the kind of person with no filter. You know, maybe he deals with things differently than others do. Maybe he's just he, like an ass, you know? He's good like... to see an asshole. Uh, New Jack also said something. I never looked it up, but we did get the question yesterday on the uh, WrestleZone chat. So I'm going to look up what New Jack said right now. I know Christopher had put something on Instagram saying, like, we should be happy. Brian Christopher is dead. And it's like, you don't say something like that unless he's Who? like... Sabu had said that. I don't remember who he was in response to, but he had put something out there about that. And it's like, unless the dude really screwed you over and he was like, you know, your mortal enemy, that's fucking rude thing to say. Well, okay. New Jack apparently said this. This might not set well too well with some of y'all, and I could give less than two fucks, but I wrestled in USWA with Brian Christopher in 92 and he was a very little disrespectful fucker then, so fuck him and his daddy. And for those of you who don't like my post, fuck you too. Then, um, uh, New Jack took to Twitter to attack Jerry Lawler, telling him now that his son has died, he should join him. Hmm. And then he posted, now I have pissed off some of you fucks because I mentioned Jerry Lawler. I have been called a lot of names, but I've never been called... A child molester like Jerry Law. Okay. So, this is not the first I've heard of this. <laughs> because when Lawler had the heart attack scare in 2012, New Jack posted, Good, he was a racist fuck. I hope he dies. And I don't care. So, obviously, New Jack did not have a good experience with the Lawler family in the USWA. And I kind of have to think... I don't hear these kind of stories about Lawler. <laughs> and this is coming out of New Jack. Yeah, no, I think I know who I'm going to side with on this, for the most part. I don't doubt that, you know, people have these things. Like, would anyone have thought, you know, Hogan would have been such a racist person? And now that's all they can think of when they think of Hogan kind of thing. So these things do happen, and maybe there's some validity to Jack's story. I think, and completely different thing, but when people die, for some reason, then it just becomes, well, you have to say only positive things. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of people who have done me wrong that if, you know, if they were to die, I might not be the most considerate person with my first remarks. You know what I mean? So we also have to take that into account as well. Different things happen to different people. Yeah. In any scenario, three people passing away, not good news. Also, we have hospitalizations and injuries to talk about. Oh, God. Ah, hell of a week. Mustafa <laughs> Ali has been in the hospital, but I still haven't been able to figure out why. Yeah, I only saw the picture of him in the hospital. 
So I'm assuming that that's not like an injury. It's more so probably something like maybe he got his appendix taken out. You know, maybe he um, maybe he had like explosive diarrhea. <laughs> Who knows? But it's probably something like that. I would assume. Could have wo- um, could have woken up and been like, you know, uh, man, I've got like blurry vision. I'm gonna go to the hospital. Like it could have been something like that. Like. If there's no injury um, reports, then I'm assuming it's not an injury. Yeah, no one's really saying what's happened. So maybe, you know, maybe dehydration. You know, who really knows? At the very least, doesn't seem to have any kind of reports out there that says, like, he's going to be missing a whole lot of time or something like that. So that's good. Lindsay Dorado, he has an injury. He ruptured his uh, a ligament in his thumb. Uh, so he's going to be potentially maybe out for a little bit. I mean, thumb issues aren't necessarily the type of thing that they go like, all right, you're out for two months. But it depends on how bad it is. And they have two other people in the Lucha House party, and they don't need to put them on every week either. So I don't think that that's the biggest deal, but it is an injury, so it is something to report on. You know, since you said Lucha House party and we're talking 205 Live, I do want to mention... We're going to talk about this more when we get to SummerSlam. We're not going to say any predictions right now. But they did officially sign a Cruiserweight title match for SummerSlam. And part of me went, yay, this is great that they finally are putting them on there. Then the other part of me went, god damn it, I already wrote up a slide about how they didn't incorporate anybody on 205 Live from the fucking pay-per-view. And I was like, ah, jerks. I already did that work. But I'm happy for it. I'm happy that they are finally putting them on the card. Do you think Mustafa Ali should have an official WWE shirt? He doesn't? Uh, no, he actually just linked to a Pro Wrestling Tees account. Huh. I guess he's still selling shirts on there, and yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's kind of weird. I think that almost everybody in WWE should have some kind of a shirt, and that they should at least have like the print-on-demand type style. Why not, you know? If somebody wants to buy a No Way Jose shirt, they should be able to buy a No Way Jose shirt. Yeah, I agree. I think that they should actually start making partnerships with people from, you know, print-on-demand sites. Say, hey, if somebody's got a one, let's say, like, your shirt, the uh, the one that says Adam and Kyle and Bobby and Roderick, mm-hmm. you know, like, say, hey, Tony, we'll give you 250 flat for this shirt, and, you know, we're going to have a undisputed era sure yeah why not because it's like not like i mean i'm not like you know selling thousands and thousands of shirts and stuff like that i fucking wish i was um every once in a while i'll sell a t-shirt like that and i'm you know it might be like a grand total of five bucks a month or something because you don't get a good cut when it comes to these sites like t public and everything you get like maximum four dollars a t-shirt I get $4 from TeePublic. Redbubble was a little nicer in that they let you set your earnings. Yeah, but if you but put it still, up too high, then it's like nobody's going to buy a t-shirt for 50 sell. bucks, you know. So you get a couple dollars each time. And if WWE were to do something where they were to say like, all right, well, we've got like a print-on-demand style shop thing and we can outsource different t-shirt designs and give like a finder's fee type thing. Give me $1 for each shirt that you sell. Put that up on the website as that being like a WWE sponsored thing. You're going to sell a lot more of them. 
Because nobody wow, nobody man. knows the t-shirts. You know, they, they're not searching for it specifically. This t-shirt that he just tweeted out was literally posted um, like a week ago. Like, this is a brand new shirt for a WWE guy. That's weird. I guess that they don't really care because he's on 205 Live, you know? I think that's careless a little bit. It is. It's a shame, too, because everybody should have an option to make some money off merch. You never know who's popular if you don't know who's selling the merch. And if you don't give the option to have merch, then how do you know? There could be a lot of people going, man, I really, really want to buy a Mustafa Ali t-shirt. Now, I, I assume that if there's not like a an outcry of demand for it, that they just don't see the point in printing a whole bunch and stuff. But it's something to keep in mind. Uh, what else do we have here? We have three more names announced for the Mae Young Classic, and two of them are names that had been rumored before. One of them actually isn't. Um, one of them's a pretty big deal. One of them, the the one that isn't, uh, somebody that had been alluded to before, Renee Young had followed a bunch of people, and one of them was not Zia Brookside. But hey, Robbie Brookside's daughter. Makes sense that she's got a familial tie. I, I don't... Is that confirmed? I think it is. Pretty sure that it is. Uh, let me check that out. Because I tried to look for that before. I couldn't. I'm pretty sure she is. Let's see. I don't know too much about her. I haven't seen any of her matches. Kind of the same as a lot of different people in the Mae Young class. She is not his. She's his stepdaughter. Oh, stepdaughter. Ah, well, that still kind of counts. She's kind of hot. Uh, Priscilla Kelly, the one who looks like... Wow, she's a, 18. Who, Priscilla Kelly? No. Oh, Brookside. Brookside. Huh. Good. Younger the better when it comes to that. Less uh, miles, less wear and tear, less injuries, you know? Uh, Priscilla Kelly's the one that looks like a, a hotter version of Paige. Yeah, I was getting Paige vibes from her. And then the big deal... Not Titus O'Neil. Madison Rain is actually confirmed. Now, she had been one of the people that Renee Young had been following. And when that happened, I was like, huh. Now, they're calling her Ashley Rain. I'm assuming that she's not going to go by Madison Rain. She's probably going to go by Ashley Rain. Which I'm guessing is her real name. And I like it. I always liked her. I'm glad that she's actually going to be in WWE a little bit. She might not get like signed or something like that, but I I think that she could have been somebody that could have came in WWE a bunch of years ago. And now that she's older, maybe she's got a little bit more experience, and maybe they'll actually sign her. I like her. I kind of one of the few people who would have been a good diva, and will be a good women's superstar. Yeah, I hope that they sign her. Me too. I will tell you this, of the three girls in the Beautiful People, four if you count Lacey Von Eric, she's the last one I would have predicted. Really? Initially, like, it, it seems as though she's definitely outlasted, you know, Velvet and Angelina. But I, when she had first come in, she really came across like the weak link of the bunch. But good for her for working her ass off and really becoming a great character. And she just had a knockouts title match at Slammiversary two weeks ago. So, you know, good for her. 
I'm glad she's getting this chance. I wish more TNA knockouts got this chance. Uh, two more topics to talk about here. WWE 2K19 introduced, uh, well, it's going to introduce, something called Towers Mode. Now, if you've been following this before, you know that I'm not somebody who plays video games all that much. Uh, and I have never really liked the WWE video games because it seems like it's a lot of just weird mechanics and stuff and not all that fun to me. Were you never a fan of the video games? Like, even when you were younger? When I was younger, I liked say like the wrestlemania arcade game and that's exactly what i, I was like wait with him it's probably something like yeah. that and sure enough i had Warzone. that was a fun game you know different things like that but uh, I, they kind of fell by the wayside this towers thing it seems like it's a lot of nonsense unfortunately i'm gonna echo your statement especially when it comes to the 2k series it's it's very much a lot of branding and a lot of nonsense. Thank you and for the feedback. Hold on, Siri thought I said Siri when it's when I said series. <laughs> Are you sure that's not just somebody leaving a comment? <laughs> um, You're welcome for the feedback, Siri. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but it's it's a lot of well, we have to be a serious sports simulator, and wrestling just isn't like that. You know, I don't like the 2K video games. I'm sorry. No, I'm not a biggest fan of it either. And when it comes to different, like, scenarios, I know people like general manager mode and different things. This seems like it's, I mean, this they were advertising it as brand new. I don't remember ever hearing about it before. But to give you guys a rundown of what it is, it says, In this new mode, players choose WWE superstars or their my players, I'm assuming they're custom characters, to compete against a string of different opponents. Uh, they've got unique themes. It's populated by the roster, et cetera, et cetera. Challenging matches, uh, matches, different win conditions, and fun stipulations. And it says here, two different tower types. There's the gauntlet tower, where you need to complete the gauntlet entirely in one session. And then there's steps. Uh, step says, players climb through the way through the tower one match at a time at their own pace. Uh, the tower goals being challenges uh that you reach to the end that like you you know kind of like different levels so to speak um you get different stipulations different types of matches that kind of thing it kind of comes off to me as being like here's uh you know you got to fight the undertaker and beat him in three minutes and that kind of thing which could be and that might that might be fun it could be kind of fun it depends on what the challenges are i think and it's like, uh, it's better to do that kind of stuff and have that option for people to play than to just be like, here's the game, pick the match and do it. You know? I will say I don't like anything that they have introduced with the My Player functions, which is more than just a custom superstar. It's like the the custom superstar that you play through with career mode and stuff. And that has so much potential and is so bare bones and limited that i'm not a fan of what they've done but this seems like it could be actually fun it at least adds more replay value to a game that tends to get stale rather quickly Hmm. i agree final thing that we have to talk about here is the latest special on the wwe network which was walk with elias the documentary 
Um, I thought it was funny. Yeah, it was funny. I thought it was also boring. I was tired by the end of this. I ended up falling asleep afterward. And a part of this, I have to admit, is just on me. I haven't slept much in the past three days. So it was hard for me to kind of get through different parts of it. And when I got to about like the halfway mark, I was like, all right, I think this has already said everything that it needs to say. And I kind of wanted it to end. But the faux documentary, like behind the music type thing, it was kind of funny. I I wish they would do more in character stuff like that. I will. I don't like when we get on the network and all of a sudden, they're referring to The Undertaker as Mark. I hate that. Well, I, like I would rather have had this, I think, split up into chunks and put on Monday Night Raw for an episode. like, Or at least for a vignette. You know, like, getting to know Elias better kind of vignette. Well, it'd be tough for them to do 38 minutes worth of one shot like that on the show. But I think if it was like, all right, throughout the night, we're going to be showing you, uh, like little pieces of this documentary that we've done walk with Elias, whatever. And every couple of segments, they go, they do a, a four minute chunk of it. You know, I think that that could have been a potential good idea. I honestly, I think that's something that they should have done when he was in NXT to get him over. Cause Elias is one person who's done a lot better on the main roster than he did on NXT. And I think this could have helped. All right, so overall, I liked it. I thought it was kind of funny, but after a couple of times of the same joke, I kind of thought like, well, they could have trimmed this down. It didn't need to be 40 minutes. It could have been 30. It could have been 15. It, it was all right for what it was, though. Yeah. I would say see it. See it if you're the kind of person who either likes Elias or just likes the network. You can watch this one. Yeah, it's more so if you're a fan of Elias and you want to just get more of Elias, then there you go. If you think the character's kind of dumb, go ahead and skip it because you're not going to get anything different out of it that you haven't seen before, you know? It's essentially him being Elias and just going like, ah, oh, people suck. <laughs> Which is like, I like it, so. I enjoyed, and this is raw talk, but I enjoyed the last Lee segment. Where Lashley just starts singing Rock and Robin, like Lashley, you're, you're smarter than this. Come on, what are you doing, buddy? Like yeah, that thing's a mess. So hot tag wise, that's all I got. I'm tapped. Um, we those other stuff that have happened throughout the week, but I don't want to make this too much longer. We already have a 40 minute episode, and I just got done saying that things could be trimmed and not 38 minutes. So <laughs> I think that we're pretty good. Uh, but if you guys have anything in particular you want to get our opinions about, drop it in the comments below, and we'll try to chime in. You know, toss a, a little comment here and there. Thank you for listening to this too, by the way, everybody. Make sure that you do the usual thing. Uh, leave a comment about what you think about what's going on. Hit the subscribe button and ring the bell for notifications. I recorded a fantasy booking theory, uh, not theory, fantasy booking layout of uh, what I would do for SummerSlam. That's going to be posted on Wednesday morning. You'll be able to see that. And I invite everybody, of course, to leave their cards in the comments below on that one, too. That's it for this week, though. Uh, we did the tournament talk. If you don't want to know what happened there, then don't listen to that. But then you won't know who won because that's what we talked about. Sincerely uh, suggest listen to that one if you haven't done that already. And 
any other kind of stuff that's happening, you'll find on smartoutmoment.com. Anything that's happening on fanboysanonymous.com, you'll obviously find there. I think that's pretty much all I got to plug, other than if you want to uh, send some spare change our way, Patreon has uh, something up for both of those, and the T Public and Redbubble designs are all up there in case you want to buy a t shirt or something like that. Rob? I would say really consider supporting to the patreon because the more you support if you like what we're doing we can do more of you know very much so and and that would be a lot of fun to do to be able to do more of this for me it's at dude felice on twitter and instagram um if i get more followers maybe i'll post more <laughs> uh timekillerapparel.com is my clothing brand support there that would mean the world to me and check out WrestleZone.com for your daily wrestling news. There's an interview up there right now with TNA or Impact Wrestling's The Monster Abyss. And he just re-signed with the company. And what will he be doing? Check out that interview to find out. That's it for me. That's uh, Tony already said his stuff. Buy the Juventud Guerrero t-shirt. <laughs> uh, wrap it up. <laughs> All right, everybody. Again, thanks for listening to this and always showing your support and everything else that you guys do. We will see you next time. This has been another Smart Out Moment, and we're being counted out. Ah!